Welcome to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, business coach and digital marketer. We interview other owners and entrepreneurs about their stories and businesses. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Bharat Kanadia, founder of Verastrat. Bharat has valued over 44,000 oh, companies and assets worth over $2.6 and has appraised unique assets, including the Golden Gate Bridge, the Atlanta Airport, Uber, Airbnb, and Yahoo, the Brooklyn Bridge, Brooklyn Bridge, and the Mirage Casino in Las Vegas, among many others. Uh, Bharat, super excited to talk with you. I think what you do is very unique. I have would have never assumed that this is something that someone does. Um, thank you for being here. How are you doing? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this beautiful day, almost to Friday, so things are looking up. <laughs> That's awesome. So you, you own Veristrat, and that is a valuation company, correct? Yes. So, so how did that, how does, how did you get into valuing companies? By accident. <laughs> happened to you. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up thinking that I'm going to be an appraiser. Um, that's not something I dreamt about. Um, but, you know, best things in life happen to you when you least expect them. So my first job out of college was in valuation and um, turned out that I was half good at it. So I stuck with it. Oh, wow. What did you go to college for then? Engineering. Okay. So not at all related to engineering no i didn't want anything to do with engineering after graduating college i got so sick and tired of it as sick and tired of the nerds that i dealt with uh, <laughs> i just didn't know that i was uh, you know dealing with one set of nerds for the next um so you know I, I i divorced one set of nerds and married the other set of nerds so which is which is okay i guess i was supposed to be around nerds all my life so you're, you kind of moved into being king of the nerds now. Is that, is that what happened? Uh, let's just call it uh, prime minister. <laughs> Very good. Perfect. So you, you went from college into evaluating businesses and companies and stuff, and then you decided you were good at that. So did you create your own business after that? Or what was kind of that process of moving into? Yeah, I mean, you know, I used to work for large companies back in the day. I used to work for American Appraisal, Silicon Valley Bank, um, and I would talk to entrepreneurs, founders all day long. And, uh, you know, after talking to about 600, 800 entrepreneurs, I was like, God, that fucker's ain't, ain't smarter than I can do this. So <laughs> most, people, most people just think about it. I was just crazy enough to pull the trigger. So I just, you know, one day hung my shingle and said that, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to run my own shop. Interesting. So what is the process of evaluating a business or an asset? I'm, I'm assuming that it's a different, different process depending on what you're evaluating, or is it kind of the same? Uh, well, the foundation is the same, and it will evolve based on what you might uncover in the foundation questions. So, you know, you can value anything based on three principles. The first principle is what kind of cash flow is that business or that asset is giving you? And you take that cash flow for the next two years, five years, 10 years, and you present value that to today. That's one way. The other way is how people value houses, right? So my neighbor's house is worth $100. So my house is worth $100. Sure. Um, and the third way is, hey, what will it cost me to rebuild my house from the ground up? 
it's going to cost me $100. So my house is worth $100. So three ways of valuing anything is, again, income approach, comparison approach, and cost approach. And I feel like if you do that, you're going to get different numbers for each approach, correct? You will. So when you do an evaluation, then you get these different numbers. How do you know which one to do? Do you run like a, an average or? Average is never the right answer. Uh, what the right answer is, I don't know. It depends on the facts and circumstances. <laughs> but average is ne never the right answer. Um, you know, it really depends on the situation. You know, you have to. And, and this is really the Achilles heel in valuation. I mean, any schmuck can come up with discounted cash flows and do a comparative analysis or run a cost approach. But the real talent or valuation or the art side of the business comes in where you sort of go between these multiple approaches and decide that, okay, which approach do I want to hang my hat on? Interesting. So how did you appraise the Golden, Great, the Golden Gate Bridge? Carefully. <laughs> That's a brilliant and terrible answer all at the same time. But... <laughs> It's very cheeky. Very good. But, but seriously, like how, how do you go about even something of that scale and being like, this is worth, I mean, no one's selling the Golden Gate Bridge, right? So, you know, that men in black, you, you've seen men in black, I'm sure, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. one? There's that, uh, there's that dog, Frank. Yeah. Remember that pug? Mm -hmm. you know, he tells uh, Tommy Lee Jones that when will you humans understand that size doesn't matter, right? A constellation can be big, but it could be size of an atom in a locket of that cat. So it's the same thing, right? I mean, it could be any asset, right? I mean, it could be a large bridge or a little piece of diamond. Um, size doesn't matter. So don't let that overwhelm you. I mean, it's an asset, just sure. look at it as an asset in an abstract version. And then again, follow the foundation. And the reason I've been able to value all kinds of unique, weird, interesting assets around the world is because I never lose my focus. I, I keep my um, eye on the ball, which is the foundation, foundation principle of valuations. So, you know, when you're looking at the Golden Gate Bridge, again, you start off with the same principle. You look at the income approach, you look at the cost approach, you look at the comparison approach. And then, of course, you know, you adjust those approaches based on the asset and the size and the scale and the situation of the asset. So how big is Veristrat itself as a company? Oh, we're not very big. We're about 18 people. Okay. Do you do personally all the valuations that come through or do you have a team that spreads out the work of valuing? I have a team that most of the, that does most of the heavy lifting. I've been fortunate to have some good people, um, but uh, I unfortunately am responsible for everything. <laughs> that's, that's fair. So going back to like the Golden Gate Bridge, or at the Atlanta Airport, or even Yahoo, like you'd mentioned, there's those three principles of how you do evaluation. Do you go to one of those and say, this is going to be the valuation number that we take? Like off the bat, like when you look at Golden Bridge, do you say, hey, we're going to go off for replacement cost and that's the value? Or is it kind of a living flow of a structure when you have an asset and you're like, I need to value this and you're, you're not really sure where you're going to end up with it? That is true. I'm in the, in the beginning of any assignment, uh, I'm unsure of uh, which approach I'm going to finally um, rely upon. So I always apply all the approaches. Mm -hmm. um, and 
that's part of my job. I should be considering all the approaches. And at the end, after I've done my research, I've really uncovered whatever I've needed to uncover. That's when I know the pros and the cons and the good, bad, and ugly of each approach. And that research helps me get to the point where I can um, intelligently uh, opine that, hey, this approach is better than this approach, or these two approaches are better than the third one, or what have you. Interesting. And so when you, when you say you do make evaluation, right, and one approach is this thing's worth $10, next one is 25 and the other one's 30 do you, when you say that, you know, we're going to value Uber for $30, right? Because that's how much it's going to take to replace it. Do you take in the other numbers as a factor and say, you know, maybe we'll make it as a 27 instead of a 30, or do you go with that hard valuation of that type that you're going for? I try not to, not to opine on a point valuation. So I will never say, you know, something is worth 15.5. Mm-hmm. I will always give a range that, hey, this thing is probably worth anywhere between 14 and $16. Gotcha. Because it really does depend on the facts and circumstances, and it's always a range. Interesting. Right? I mean, could you, could you honestly say today that a gallon of milk is worth $7 or $6.99? No. It depends on the type of milk. It depends on where you're buying, what time of the week, you know, and all that. And so... Gallon of milk can be anywhere from $2.99 to $14.99, depending on where you buy and what kind of milk you buy. So it's always a range. Okay. When it comes to like startups then, right? I know that I feel like they always have huge numbers and it seems crazy to me for who's someone who's not in the startup realm. Um, do you feel like those valuations are usually accurate? Well, one thing is for sure, none of those valuations are ever accurate because it's a sh- some schmuck like me somewhere in the back of <laughs> these numbers. So one thing I do know that they're all wrong. Uh, it's just the degree of wrong. Um, and uh, startups are a whole different ballgame because startups don't have, um, they, they never have a profit and they're lucky if they have uh, a product or revenue. Yet, they need to attract investors, they need to attract customers, and they need to attract employees. And how do you do that when you have nothing? You do that by waving a pie in the sky and saying that, hey, we're worth so-and-so. And people are like, oh, okay, great. It's like making butter. The more you churn and the harder you churn, the better it gets. So they keep churning until somebody bites. Makes sense. And I guess that's why having evaluation as a startup then or a new company is important. It gets you those investors and that. that Yeah, I mean, because that's their currency, right? I mean, valuation is the currency because otherwise they got nothing. Interesting. Do you often get requests from startups to do valuations or where did, where did the the majority of your, all the time? I mean, they call me and they're like, oh, you know, we're a $6 million company and we want you to help us justify this. I'm like, sure, what's your product? They're like, we're working on it. Okay, uh, <laughs> what's, what's, what's your revenue? We have, we're pre-revenue. Okay, have you raised cap, capital before? No, just some money from friends and family, like, you know, $100,000. I'm like, so how are you worth $6 million? Well, my neighbor's cousin's daughter has a company 
like this, which is worth $6 million. So my company is worth at least $6 million. I'm like, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, um, let's let's go with $6 million. So, you know, I, I, I get these kind of phone calls and, you know, half the time I feel like laughing and hanging up, but, um, you know, it's their DNA. If entrepreneurs or founders didn't think like that, they wouldn't be in that business. Sure. So they do their job and I do mine. What would you say is a way for owners or founders to maximize their valuation? That's very simple. Two ways. I mean, you know, and people will slice and dice this to the end of the earth and mm-hmm. say, no, there are five ways. No, there are 10 ways. No, there are 15 ways, right? I mean, depending on catch of the day, but I say there are only two ways. Everything else is bullshit or a derivative of one of these two ways. The first way is to uh, get consistent cash flow. So that's why SaaS companies are so, um, uh, so much favored because they provide uh, um, annual recurring revenue or monthly recurring revenue. So yeah. um, you want consistent cash flow. And the second thing is, which is again, why SaaS companies are worth so much because you want to be able to service that revenue with minimal work. So automation or having multiple levels of management. Now, multiple levels of management is expensive. So you try to automate anything and everything you can. So two things, consistent cash flow and running your company on autopilot. Yeah. Kind of like what Tim Ferriss said. Gotcha. And for everyone who's not familiar with Tim Ferriss, what would be the, uh, the quote there? Uh, the four-hour work week guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so... If, if everything is dependent on the founder or the owner of the business, that business ain't worth much. Perfect. Love that. Interesting. So what is on the horizon for Veristrat then? Are you happy with kind of your size? Or are you trying to grow and become a bigger dominant force within the valuation industry? Well, you know, when you are a business owner, that's uh, the definition of being a greedy bastard. Uh, so you always want to grow your business you're always looking to grow your business but the thing is you want to grow your business ethically and sustainably um i uh had made a mistake that my business had grown to 35 people but it wasn't sustainable so we went back down to eight people at point and now we're going back up so now we're growing you know i'm also learning so just like everybody else i make mistakes too so my whole philosophy is now growing your business slowly and sustainably Nice. And you'd mentioned that you'd gone all over the world valuing places. Are you still international worldwide for business valuations and asset valuations, or do you stick mostly to a certain regional area? So the work that I do now mostly can be done electronically. So I don't need to travel as much. I used to travel quite a bit. Um, And just because of the, where I live, Mm -hmm. um, the work comes to you through your network. Um, So just because of where I live, my proximity, um, San Francisco Bay Area, a lot of the work that I get is from California, um, you know, which ends up being technology companies and startups. Very cool. So who would you say should be like, you know, now's a good time to value my business? What, what kind of questions should they be asking to be like, oh, it makes sense to get a hold of Virat and talk about this? Well, um, nobody, Stephen, wakes up one morning and says, 
I'm going to call my appraiser Barat today. Yeah, I feel like getting a valuation. I don't get those kind of phone calls. Most times people have a need um, and that's when they get a valuation. Kind of like being a chiropractor, right? I mean, not many people go to the chiropractor just for the hell of it. Have a problem. <laughs> you know, 99% of the time they have a problem or they need an adjustment and that's why they go. Gotcha. So what would you say are the needs that lead to evaluations? So a need for evaluation could be, you could need it for raising capital. Um, you could need it for financial reporting, as in for accounting, or you could need it for litigation. I'm working on a case right now that's for litigation, or you could need it for insurance. So there's always a need. What that need is could be different depending on the facts and circumstances, but most people just don't get a valuation because they feel like getting one. Sure. When it comes to companies that do valuations like Fairstrat, what would you say are some things that you should look at when it comes to comparing them? Like why choose you over company X? Um, look at their expertise. And, you know, if you're going to talk to the salesperson, you know, you have to think about that. Okay. I'm paying this company, you know, $20,000, $50,000 for evaluation. How much of the partner or the managing director's time am I going to get? Most times managing director might spend a half hour, an hour on the project. Um, and all the rest of the work is done by associates, guys who are making 40, 50,000 bucks, you know, for the year. And, uh, in when, and then when you go to smaller companies, more of the work is done by senior people. Um, and if you go to large companies like PwC and others, right, most of the work is done by junior people. So depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. Nice. Well, Bharat, where can people find you? They're like, hey, this sounds pretty interesting. And I'm at that spot where like evaluation should be useful. Where would, where would they go to find you? Uh, in, in the show notes, there'll be a link to uh, contact business appraisers. So reach out. And if you have a question, I'm happy to answer it. Nice. And you have a YouTube channel, right? What's the, the name of your channel? I do. It's called What's It Worth? What's It Worth? Awesome. Perfect. And then your website is veristrat, V-E-R-I-S-T-R-A-T.com? Dot com. Perfect. Awesome. And Brock, before we end, is there anything that you wished I'd asked you or that you wanted to revisit that you thought was interesting that we kind of got off topic of? What do you think is going to happen with the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing? <laughs> it's quite the shit show. My, uh, I'll, I'll give you my honest opinion slash rant. Yeah. I've never cared about famous people. I just have never followed them, never cared about them. I couldn't tell you three facts about the whole Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing. So it's <laughs> not my pig, not my farm. And I don't care. And I don't know why they're important to everyone. Yeah. But it's, it is sad. I mean, you know, I keep getting these YouTube feeds and it's like, oh my God, what a shit show. Um, so Anyhow, I just thought I'd ask. That's <laughs> <laughs> so a good question. I just, I, I'm busy. I've got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and yeah, we got things present. to do. Yeah. I got things to do and run my own business. Like, yeah, I don't have time for Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my own problem. <laughs> yeah, life is busy. If I want to watch something. I'll, I'll watch. I'm actually going to go see the new Dr. Strange movie tonight. So I'm very excited about that. Like that's my, that's my splurge of pop culture for me, but yeah. <laughs> but 
Awesome. Well, Brat, thank you so much for being on here. Appreciate it. And everyone else, thank you for listening to Subject to Change. Thank you for listening to Subject to Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know. Be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.